ladies and gentlemen, this is Pause Reviews. It's been a while. It's been a long while since we've uh, done one of these. Um, and by we, I mean me. Uh, this is Frank coming at you. We are joined today with a special guest host, my man Tim. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, thank you. And and obviously, we're, we're practicing social distancing. You are this not here good. in my, let's go ahead and say, studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went 20 to 25 miles away, something like that. Yeah, you think? do you think that's enough? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> if not, oh well. Um, yeah. yeah, man, so thank you so much for coming on, agreeing to do this. Uh, really, I've just been I just been itching. I need to talk movies. Um, it's just my jam, and I, and I get the sense that you're in the same boat, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, any outlet to talk to any human being is awesome right now. So um, just give me something to talk about, and I'm, I'm ready and raring to go. So. I'll literally talk about anything. Right. Yeah, man. So, so my idea was just to, you know, we're all trapped inside. You know, it's obvious everyone is binging Netflix and, and everything else. So I thought, you know, why not take this opportunity, bring the podcast back, and talk about you know, just some easy breezy light stuff that we can all watch while we, uh, you know, have to live in this disaster world that exists right now. And what yeah. better way to start with the movies you picked, Tim? Tell tell us what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think light and uh, easy breezy is definitely going to describe this one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're going to talk about it, chapter one <laughs> and two, uh, yes. because I had no place to go, so I did. I watched both in the last twelve hours. So Dude, that's such a marathon. Like, where's your I, headspace at right now? I'm kind of exhausted. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, um, right. There's actually a very unique phenomenon that happened in both of those movies that has not happened to me in a long while. Um, my heart had to slow down a little while at the end. Like, I had to seriously come down from both of those movies. Dude. Like, I was, I was jacked. <laughs> so, I forget what... I don't know. There's a show my wife and I were watching. Maybe it was Outlander. I don't know. It's some show she wanted to watch. We were binging it of course as you do mm-hmm. and it just dawned i was like this is exhausting like i felt exhausted and, yeah. and i just realized it's like you know if you watch it when it comes out you get a week off but when right. you're binging you know you're just powering through months of stuff in hours and it's it's too much yeah and you, you have to force yourself to stop right you get you got to find that place if you can to say like i need to come up from air for a few minutes <laughs> maybe a night if you're lucky i don't it can be very tough, yes. Well, before we jump into it, what? Uh, why don't we take a? Why don't we take a moment to help Tim decompress, <laughs> and maybe say, uh, what? What else are you doing, man? What else are you watching? What's going on? I we have run the gamut so far. Um, I feel like my TV watching habit has not exploded. Maybe like some people, which is good. So trying to keep to a regular routine, right? Right, right. Um, Best we can. But we did. Uh, we finished lock and key on netflix i've not seen any of the the graphic novel stuff so this was just coming in fresh um we just finished that last night i'm midway through tiger king but i don't (laughs) think i'm gonna finish it because i just can't live with myself anymore (laughs) i've heard nothing good i mean i've heard it is indescribable 
is uh, we will look back at this quarantine and it will be defined by by tiger by king, tiger like, king. <laughs> it, it is just um i think people who have made it all the way through it did so in a binge um because i just i don't know that i can go back to it at this point i don't know if i can feel good about myself going back to it. <laughs> it's i definitely had shows and stuff where i've walked away and it's like there's no going back yeah, I, it, yeah. There's there's a lot of feelings about that. Um, so I don't know that I'll finish that. Um, and then on a whim, after finishing Lock and Key, we started Shit's Creek. Oh, uh, my wife loves that show. Yeah. So um, my wife was just like, "Hey, I've heard some good stuff about it." So we watched six or seven episodes the first night because um, they're super quick when they just start rolling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah super simple and they're just really funny i mean um the cast is i mean amazing it's eugene levy and his son and Catherine o'hara Catherine and o'hara just... kills me in this show yeah oh god it's so good um so uh i think that is <laughs> i think really the main reason we did that is because everything else we've been watching is so dark or messed up that uh we just needed something to come back up from that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah and it's um, his son is it's dan levy right yeah, uh, oh, yeah, his I think that's yeah, his son is hilarious. And he's, and he's I mean, the writer. Like isn't he the showrunner? I think they're they're both involved in some degree. Right, right. Um but uh it is uh it's there's just a, a, at least a line or two every episode that just is laugh out loud hilarious. Uh just cackling. I was awesome. told about it by our mutual friend, Matt, actually, from Ford. Mm, yeah. And he used to talk about it a lot. And I had never seen it. My wife ended up watching it, and she, the same. Like I've never met anyone who's watched the show and hasn't been like, you need to see this immediately. It's one of those shows where when someone hears you haven't seen it, they're shocked, appalled, disgusted. Once they're done vomiting then all they do is talk to you about how you have to start it right away. And and, I, and I've yeah. only seen a couple episodes, but I do dig it. I, I need to get into yeah. that show. Um, I think one of my favorite bits in that whole series so far is um, they're arguing over the town sign, which is a uh, painting of the mayor's uh, great-grandfather yes. or something to that effect. And it looks and, like he's uh, banging a bear or something? Yeah, it's just like, um, it's a woman, and... He, <laughs> Chris Elliott's character as the mayor just doesn't understand why it's so controversial because it's his sister. <laughs> and so he's like, he fixes it by putting up a sign that says, it's okay, it's his sister, and pointing right at the two of them. Yeah, I've seen that one. That is killer. Yeah, um, it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. What, do, what do we do? So I've been sort of similar. Like, we haven't really gone into anything that, that I've... I don't know, you think this is like one of those situations or or whatever, or opportunities, rather, where you can, you know, it's like, oh, there's a hundred things I haven't watched and all this kind of stuff, and then yet, somehow, some way, three days pass, and I've just barely made it through, even though I have yeah. nowhere to go. But we have been doing more of the TV route, just stuff that you can, like, quickly digest and, and walk yeah. away from. So I'm powering through Parks and Rec for, like, the hundredth time, and, you know, I feel like everyone is Team Office or, or Team Parks and Rec, and, and I feel like I'm Parks and Rec. That's probably would mean that I'd be on Teams Parks and Rec if I've ever if I ever sit down to actually see it, just because I had to watch The Office once or twice in college for an assignment. It just never clicked with me, and I know my wife hates it. So, oh, wow. <laughs> just... I mean, that's I do I like The Office, but Parks and Rec for me, it's just it's just light, yeah. man. like yeah. you don't. It's, there's no cringeworthiness. Whereas The Office, what makes it brilliant 
is the whole like curb your enthusiasm type where it's just the, the, yeah. the character obviously the michael scott character is just far more complex um because he's he's cringy and gross but yet hilarious and also like surprisingly competent when he needs to be so there's just right. you know that's fun to watch and the characters are great but but parks and rec is just everyone's silly and and it's just more yeah. fun i think it's just more fun as opposed it's, it's to like got, a thinker you know it's it's like it's on that master list of of things that i slowly check off over time no so the other thing my wife and i together have been watching new girl again all, the ah, way through. all right dude that show doesn't get enough credit. I don't understand how more people aren't talking about it. Or I mean, not first, I mean it's been over for a while now. But. Yeah, I watched. We watched the first. I watched the first season. And the the first season. Start with season two. I would tell. Yeah. Well, if you like the show, like I, I, season one is fine, but season one they are very different characters. And then there's there's this noticeable shift in season two. They all, they all literally become different people. And then that's that's those are the arcs that they stay with. Those are the characters that they stay with for the rest of the run. They really settle into it, and then it's it's a totally different show. I also do this thing a lot with TV shows that I find I like them better when they fall way off the radar and they just kind of disappear for a while, and then I come back to them. I did that with How I Met Your Mother. We finished that like a year ago. God, Finally finished that. that. Yeah. yeah, and it was so brilliant in retrospect. Um, I liked it so much, except for the last season. I thought just kind of fell apart. But other than that, no. Yeah, everything's normal. And, you know, Lock and Key was fine. Oh, I, think it, I forgot you had I think said it, that one. Yeah, I think I picked it up. Um, I think it picked up at the end. Uh, there's actually some interesting crossovers between it and that. Just a couple of the actors crossover um, and pop up. Oh. Um, so it was kind of fun to see um, the kid who plays Georgie in it is the youngest uh, lock child Bodie in. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see that. And Mike's father in it part one is uh, a teacher at their high school who plays like a kind of a, a uh, kind of an exposition type character um, into the past. Um, it was fine. It was good. It, it took a little while to pick up. Um, there were some things you just had to accept about it. Um, I think the finale when you've seen a lot of supernatural-esque type shows was a little predictable, but I think I'm looking hard to seeing what happens next. It was, it was cool. Uh, it's definitely got some cool elements to it. I think we liked it. Um, but I think we had to power through a couple of the early episodes to kind of get to the meat of it. Yeah, I eventually might get in there. It seemed tailored more towards a younger audience. Yeah, I, I think I was exactly going to say just that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There are parts of it that are, are absolutely wild, but I think people's reactions within the universe don't match how wild this stuff is. And so I think that was hurting me for a little bit. And I don't know if that is kind of the child angle to it. But yeah, it, it definitely kind of... It feels like it straddles that line of a YA kind of fiction. Then it gets a little dark, too. I, I definitely felt caught in the middle that I wasn't sure if I was more interested in the parents or if I was more interested in the story of the I kids. Can, I can, so just, I and knowing, like, knowing the book, I can see that. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, I don't I don't really know who who I align with uh, within the story. So um, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I know it, it was renewed for season two, so it'd be interesting to see how that comes around. All right, man. Well, uh, what do you say? Let's just jump right into this. You know, I have to admit, the first thing I'll say, get, getting into It Chapter 1 and 2, I really liked it. I really, yeah. really liked them. I will say that I liked Chapter 1 far more than Chapter 2. But mm -hmm. I thought both of them were leaps and bounds 
better than than the original, which <laughs> is anyways, and, and we'll get into a little bit more. Um, generally speaking, Tim, your thoughts? It chapters one and two. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely liked it. I don't know what it is about. I haven't quite figured it out why I liked the first part better. They are both epic and not to be started when you have no time to watch them. Um, right. Yeah, once it starts, they're you're epic. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I did something interesting actually last night with the first part. Um, I actually listened. I watched it on the TV, but I ran the audio through my headphones because I really wanted to like zone into it just because there's nothing else going on in the world right I mean, like in my sphere of you know everydayness right now so i really just wanted to kind of like zone into it and i thought that was really cool just to kind of have nothing just to piped right in and I, I think it actually really did help kind of the enjoyment level of it but no I, I, they were aesthetically very nice to look at but as i said earlier too it's just something to get that adrenaline going to which hasn't happened for a movie in a long time so, so no i totally get that i think i think what they do brilliantly is is yes exactly what you're saying like aesthetically the cinematography is is awesome like it looks yeah. great and it really builds a lot of the tension visually as you see new scenes and see new areas it kicks you off immediately with how you should feel emotionally before you yeah. even realize it, I think the movies do a great job at that. It would be really interesting to listen to it in in cans because I, I think they do the same thing with the sound mixing. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of that tension yeah. building with the sort of the ambient sounds and the little kids laugh. Anytime you got little kids giggling, I mean, I've got two of them. It's yeah. awful. Like, yeah. it's the creepiest sound on earth. Yeah, and, well, and especially in part one, I didn't notice this as much in part two, but in part because one... Because they're more there's the a- adults. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ambient noise in part one that like every time they go into a uh, a house and that TV, the TV is playing with that TV show and that TV show, the subject matter that they're always it's like that little kids TV show with like that Mr. Rogers esque uh, lady character that's like has a little flock of children around her. Right. They're all talking about like being in the sewer, like the, the, the subject matter that she's all happy and talking about is really creepy. Um, and I don't know if you if you're paying attention to just what's happening on screen, how much you're picking up on some of that background noise, <laughs> especially. And I've been watching a lot of stuff with the subtitles on, too, which has become something I like to do, oddly enough. Um, and I picked up on a lot of that that background stuff. There's just there's just so many nuancey little things, I think, happening throughout that movie with all that background chatter, too. That's just adds to that weird aesthetic yeah yeah so focusing on chapter one and thinking about it in in light of the original i i think what what this version does really well number one it's not made for tv so they could really Mm -hmm. push the envelope a lot more and that's out the gate noticeable the movie is scarier and it's just genuinely scary the jump scares are fantastic what i think this movie does epically this is what i really love about a scary movie i loved horror movies growing up because they just made me crap my pants and yeah me right. and my brother would just sit there and watch horror movies all day long now i find that the act of watching them the actual movies themselves don't really scare me and so it's lost a little bit of that but when right. when a movie can give you the jump scares which is sort of just the roller coaster of movies right it's like oh that was exciting it gets the heart rate going a little bit and it's just a fun experience. But then, once it's over, here's what I found about it, Chapter 1. is for a day or two after, I don't really like going into dark spaces. And I don't yeah. really like being on my own so much. Right. And it's not super noticeable. 
until you're in a situation and you just feel a little uncomfortable. Like I was in the shower afterwards. And, and that's my point, right? Like when I was a kid, if I would watch a scary movie, I immediately couldn't live my life. Like right. I had to be with people and coddled and told that I was safe and okay. You know, I finished watching it and I was like, all right, now it's time to get about my life. Let me go hop in the shower. Let me do whatever. And once I'm in those situations, suddenly I just feel a little uncomfortable. And that's that lingering like creep factor that you don't get from a lot of movies. And this one gives it to you really, really well. And I loved it about it. I will say, as someone who is terrified of clowns, uh, the clown is the least scary thing about this entire movie. Uh, Interesting. It is, at no point did he actually bother me that much. Um, It is more of everything else that he did. Um, And actually, in terms of clowns, the worst part of this movie, and actually the only part of this movie I really could not watch, was uh, in the in part one when oh god now i'm forgetting who it was ends up in that room full of clown dolls and clown paraphernalia and they just there were clown pictures and dolls and mannequins and i, I was remember like this scene. oh yeah i couldn't even watch it i was like nope done not not happening um because i think i've discovered that clowns that are meant to be scary don't scare me it is normal clowns that scare me and just utterly terrify me um yeah but that is the least scary thing about this movie is the clown uh (laughs) pennywise was not really that terrifying everything else that he conjured was shit your pants terrifying see that's uh, just... interesting and i feel like i register it as him being cre- he he creeped me out like yeah they don't really bother me in life clowns this one creeped me out I, first of all i thought and i'm blanking on his first name but the, the scars guard kid yeah yeah brilliant like if to follow i mean so here's the thing if you watch it the tim curry version the mm-hmm. one from the 90s or whenever it was yep. you know it's it's iconic tim curry is pennywise is iconic but that movie does not hold up it is not scary but in your mind his role tim curry's is so iconic that the idea of having to follow that up is impossible to even imagine and yeah. this dude crushes it his the the look of him everything is awesome his voice I, is great yeah his uh, i i loved his voice i thought that was just perfect There's um, a, I, you can see how kids would be drawn and he's he's inviting but then instantly can be terrifying like yeah his man like his face his expressions can go from like i'm a playful clown to i am your absolute worst nightmare and it's yeah it's awful and, and it has to be that way because just the opening scenes with georgie and the sewer like that kid has to be like, yeah, I want to hang out with this clown. Like there has to be something pulling him in. And it's same way in the second part too, with the the girl under under the bleachers. bleachers. That was fantastic. And I was like, oh yeah, 30 years later, this kid is not going to play with strangers. And she's like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm not. And he exploits her birthmark. And I thought that was amazing. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I thought, I thought her scene was way better than the Georgie scene. Yeah, I find yeah. the Georgie scene to be very unbelievable. I can yeah. absolutely see hers 
being legit. Yeah, and I guess that's that is part of the non creep factor of him, right? Right, is that he there's enough about him where you're like, yeah, he's he's not actually that creepy. Um, I don't really, I really kind of don't mind him in small doses. <laughs> no, and and so here's here's what really stood out to me. Number one, the casting. I thought yeah. the casting of all the kids was spectacular. The mm-hmm. the kid from Stranger Things, the Wolf Wolfhard. Or Finn, was, yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, him is Richie, spot on. Like, and I was a little worried about him at first, just given the '80s nostalgia setting again of the movie, and then him kind of crossing over at the height of the Stranger Things phenomenon. Yeah, um, and. I thought they did a really good job putting him in that role where it, he didn't, he wasn't the same character, right? He wasn't playing the same type of character at all. And it, I worried it would be a little distracting, uh, but it didn't feel that way whatsoever. No. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, so here's, here's the other thing that I love about it is the writing. And I think this speaks to kind of what we've been saying, which is he's not necessarily creepy, but the situations are whatever. Yeah. And and that's what I feel is the, is the point that gets actually, for some reason it gets lost in the original, which is what's scary isn't even so much the clown. The clown is the vessel for the real terrors, which are the things that these kids are actually experiencing in real life. Like yeah. there's no no supernatural things needed. You have Bev, who's obviously being assaulted by her father and yeah. all these kinds of things. And, and not just him, but there's hundreds of pedophiles apparently in Derry, Maine because like the pharmacist scene, right? Yep. So these are real terrors for her. And then you get, you know, um, you know, the kid dealing with the overprotective mom, but his own anxiety, just the, the idea of anxiety being just this uh, this monster, which many of us experience, you know, me among them. And so, yeah, so there's that the loss of your brother and the yeah. the trauma of feeling that it's your fault and bearing that burden, um, you know, on and on and on is. And then what we learn about Richie in Chapter two, which we'll get to in a second but mm-hmm. um you know that really pennywise just brings to light these real terrors that exist without him and i think that's what makes it so good and that's what makes it really linger with you is because these are things that many of us experience or we know people who do and 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 there are things that can happen readily at any time and it just really drives it into like the core of you and sets you up for the little jump scares and everything else it's fantastic writing to actually make the monster life as opposed to pennywise pennywise is just a highlighter he's just yeah. he's just the flashlight saying this is scary and this is scary and i'm showing it to you and, but i'm not making think- it yeah, and I think what also lends credence to that is that it could have felt maybe less scary in some of these situations. You look you look at what these kids find scary, and it's different for all of them, right? And right. for some of them, it's maybe almost more juvenile, because at one point... Um, Richie is he's just scared of clowns right that is his biggest fear it was was clowns right but then Bev has the thing with her dad and it's it runs the gamut from like real kind of adult fear in her case to more childish fear but even in every one of their sequences it's 
terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And neither none of them are underplayed, whether it's a childish kind of fear on the clown end or the other end, which is, you know, her being assaulted by her dad and, and other adults. Right. But outside of the absolutely terrifying Pennywise moments, it those real moments, like with the bullies and her dad and the pharmacist and even um Eddie's mom Eddie's mom yeah. was were equally as disturbing to me. Uh, just well, and that's like, the other thing. Like visually, when you would see the pharmacist or see Eddie's mom, they were just grody looking, yeah. and it just immediately put you in that place. Right, like I and am it, uncomfortable. And there is almost no escape for some of these kids from their their fears are all consuming in most cases yeah. because they cannot get away from any of that stuff. And it is it is all just it is always there, and none of it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It, it just sets everything up because you're always on edge. I mean, there is no, there is almost no safe space in this entire movie for any, any, anybody. Right, and and obviously Pennywise is bugging them and haunting them and that kind of stuff, which is creepy. But it's not super often. But like exactly like you're saying, when these kids go to school, they're being bullied. The girl who's mm-hmm. just all over Bev and and ruining yeah. her day. And then, but so another brilliant casting and incredibly acted and I hated him and I was also mesmerized. Like I couldn't stop watching him is the Bowers kid. Yeah. He was brilliant. But I mean, which yep. are like carving up uh, Ben's stomach and just yeah. like the most, but like I totally, I just totally saw he was a monster. And yeah. and he was that way without the clown or anything else. And yep. so and, and that's the point, is like it's incredibly written so that it, it really draws out these real life scenarios and then just brilliantly acted by these young actors. It just it wowed me from start to finish just in terms of, you know, this filmmaking. And then structurally, I thought they did a brilliant job as opposed to having like a four hour three something runtime of the original where they're trying yes. to pack everything into one. Breaking it up where we just really sit down and and experience the kids' fight first, and it sets the yeah. scene and, and all of that to then lead you into chapter two. Honestly, chapter one is almost flawless in my opinion. I thought it was yeah. excellent. I think the only thing that bugged me and I got over it was just the eighties nostalgia. It's just I mean, and yeah, that's yeah. and that's not the movie's fault. That is just hollywood's obsession at the moment right and i kept thinking about it in terms of like oh this is what our parents must have felt like when the 50s and 60s nostalgia started hitting all the movies well and that's what was the situation with the original one exactly because the original one it was a throwback to like the 50s and 60s just because of the 27 years and now this time it's like oh yeah let's make it now boys because we're gonna be right in the 80s Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, that that is not a fault of the movie. It was just one of those things where it's like, all right, again, in that vein of Stranger Things, where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be mad about it for a couple of minutes, but then I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it down. And I don't, it wasn't heavy handed, right? Um, I was actually, I think, surprised when I realized in part two that it was actually 1989, um, that it was actually so late in the right. 80s, and so I should I have known that because. You know, they're talking about new kids on the block and that kind of stuff. So I should oh, have I should have true. realized that earlier on. But it did, yeah. I mean, and then the Molly Ringwald reference and all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, 
but like I said, I got over it. It was fine. It didn't really bother me in the end. It was just one of those things. If I want to be nitpicky, I'd be like, uh, it's fine. <laughs> no. And that, what's funny about that is dude, I'm a sucker for it, man. Yeah. I am a sucker for it. I, I'm I'm really a '90s kid, truly. I mean, I'm '84, yeah, me too. right? So right. like, but but the '80s man fascinates me. Well, because as a kid, growing up in the '90s, you know, my mom was very much uh, a product of the '70s and '80s. You know, my mom was in her early 20s. You know, my mom in in '84 was 22. So yeah. like, you know, that those were formative years, and so that was the music that was in the house, man. And my right. uncle was obviously a kid of the '80s. And so he was always, it was just hair metal and, and all that jazz. And then, right. and we didn't have cable. So we're watching like free movies on like UPN 20 and whatever, yeah, and Paramount back then. And, right. uh, and those are the movies they played because that was what was basically yeah. free to license. So, so when I see that stuff in movies, man, I'm all in baby. Like I'm, what? I'm the sucker they're going for. Well, and you know what, in the end, I think it actually, it works. It works for, I think the purpose of it just making it feel right for me. So I really can't right. nitpick it that much because I think it does just make it that much. Cause if I'm thinking 27 years ago, like I'm, yeah, obviously we're a little bit younger than, than that, but that is my past. Like, right. That, that is our childhood. So right, it's right. like, I do relate in terms of like, yeah, riding my bike all summer, getting involved in shenanigans in the woods and building forts and, you know, yeah. Luckily, I never found any creepy clowns, but... Um, oh, thank God for that, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I'm getting but, uncomfortable just talking about this. I know, you 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 said it before, and I was like, kind of, there's a window to my right. Bro, and I'm down here in the basement back, by myself. Right, I'm too, like, can my so. wife just come sit down here for a second? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm telling you, and that's what it... I was over it. Like, I was yeah. fine. It's been plenty of time, and I'm, I was excited to do the episode, and as we're talking about the movie, I'm just like, what's behind me? What's over here? What's coming around this corner? There's an unfinished side of my basement right through this right. door. I don't right. dig it. You know, right. like it's, it's, yep. this is a, but it's a, I, I want to say it because it's a testament to what this movie, it sits well, with you. And it's a testament to the flawlessness of the bending of reality, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, you didn't even notice, you didn't even know that things had changed for these kids. Like, you know, they walk into this room, like I'm thinking of Ben when he's in the basement of the library and everything is so very, very real. Yes. And that scene sort of in the bathroom at Bev's house, when the kids all come over and she's like, y'all see it. And they're like, yes. yeah, we need to clean this up. But her dad didn't see it. Yes. Just sort of like, this is real and tangible to the people that can see it. Right. And that just, that line of reality is so non-existent. Like, it is real, but it's not. So to, <laughs> to sit so on that, on. just to drive this point home even further and, and kick the horse three more times, is, uh, again... Right. So so Bev, we're talking about the scene where Bev goes in and this happens in the original as well. Bev goes into the bathroom. She locks herself in there to escape her father. And then, um, you know, the, the stuff, the the blood starts coming out of the sink and, and out of the bathtub and whatever, and essentially just carries the entire the entire bathroom, you know, yeah. floor to ceiling. She's coated in blood, blood everywhere. Right. Yep. And so it's like, is that creepy? Yeah, sure. Is it gross? Absolutely. But what's terrifying about it is it's it's the it is the purest or it's the most real invasion for her. So when she's facing her life's real terror, which is her father, she her escape is to run and lock herself in that bathroom. 
Yeah. So he is essentially taking he, I mean Pennywise, he's taking away her one sanctuary, the place where you're safe, right? You know, yep. there's lots of movies that do this and they try to find those things. And it's not so much about calling out what's your safe space. I remember a movie that did it. It was an awful movie, god-awful movie. But it creeped me out like crazy, dude, was The Grudge, the original. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when she comes up from under the blankets. What's the first thing you do when you're creeped out, man? Right, you right. go under the blankets. And so yeah. all of a sudden, the blankets weren't safe anymore, man. Right, So, right. you know, the movie takes that away from you. And this movie, you know, how many of us find the bathroom is our solace? I'm sure a lot of people do. I don't necessarily. But what I definitely got from it is you know substitute in whatever your safe place is and all of a sudden that's not safe anymore and it's it's these little things that you don't even think about when you're watching it but it stays with you the movie is brilliant about subconsciously making you think that so that when i'm in the shower later i don't feel safe yeah. You know, I'm going to go out and say it's a masterpiece of horror because and whether I, you I, are creeped out by the specific things or not, it's going to well, get I, you where, yeah. it, where it counts. And each of their fears plays on something that I think resonates with everybody. And just, you know, if there's whether it's disease or, you know, abuse or loss, there is a fear right. for everybody in there. Right. And I think my favorite one really ends up being Eddie's. Just the leper, I think, was just. Yeah horrifying and there was a real vein of scary stories to tell in the dark to some of those characters and Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. if that was intentional or not being you know a movie set in the 80s that really resonated with me is because i grew up with those books um but that imagery really the images were awful the the imagery especially of that leper really could have been something out of the pages of scary stories to tell in the dark yeah and that character um even in the second uh, chapter, I mean, with that tongue that that thing had and the club foot and the no nose, I mean, that thing was it was terrifying, but also hilarious in some but not in a way that cheapened it. I, it was just that was my favorite fear imagery, I think, in, in the movie was was the leper. And yeah. Eddie's and well, and it stood out to me. Anxiety. It stood out to me for two reasons. Number one. And, and I've talked about this before. I have horrific anxiety. Like this yeah. is, it's my cross. And, and it was never that way before. This started late in life, like just a couple of years ago. Yeah. But it has manifested as this hyper intense health anxiety. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it used to be called hypochondria. Now I guess there's a stigma. It's called health anxiety. Call it what you want. I got it. And I got it yeah. bad. And so like, you know, it do, do any lump, any whatever. I am like racing to the hospital. And so I totally connected with him on yeah. that level. Number two, and watching it, and not to cheapen it, and, and to just make an obvious call to what's happening right now, but this leper pukes all over him, and it's all <laughs> in his face. Times. Yeah, and you're just like, you can't help but think, like, we're in this heightened, you know, like, yeah. social distancing, you know, airborne this, you know, uh, respiratory droplets, and all, all I can think is, that's all in his nose and eyes. <laughs> oh, like, there's yeah. not enough Lysol in the world, you know? Oh, God, yeah. So I, it's just, it's it's it was the perfect... I don't mean it to sound this way, but it was the perfect time to see that scene and have it hit yeah. on many levels, you know? Yeah, there was, I mean, there, I think that was really driven home for me in the final act of the second chapter 
they make that point. They're always calling out the gray water. Like we're, uh, we're oh, going to go through the gray best. water again. And I just thought of all of the open wounds that they all were dealing with in the final showdown. Oh, and dear. they're all traversing through this nasty water. Like Mike's got like his arm bandaged up. Eddie had his cheek stabbed through. Well, even um, when they fall in the water and all, oh, and I'm, God, all I'm thinking like, about is that I'm like, that's all they're all infected. Yeah, like that's just, just infections. Yeah, it was just like I'm like, yeah, they're all gonna come out of this like with extra limbs or something. Like it's right. just they're gonna ugh. survive the clown, but they're gonna die of staphylococcus or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? Like it's gonna be awful. So for me, chapter one, brilliant. Chapter yeah. two, like I said, they cut it into two parts. Chapter one is the entire kid plate. Then 27 years later, we find them as adults. They've made, at the end of chapter one, they quote-unquote kill Pennywise. They they believe they've defeated him. And so they say, you know, if it's not dead, if it comes back, we come back. And they and they make this deal. Um, so chapter two finds them as adults. 27 years later, sure enough, Pennywise is back. And Mike, who has stayed and is now played by Isaiah Mustafa, who it took me a while to register who it was. And I, I would say maybe like two thirds of the movie. And the second I saw who I was like, dude, you are awesome. Yeah. I was shocked at how good Isaiah Mustafa was in this movie, you yeah. know, because I, yeah. I just think of him as Old Spice, the right, original right. Old Spice guy. <laughs> right, right, you know? right, right. And so, uh, you know, I, w- I was shocked. I was shocked at how much of a legit actor he is. Um, I don't mean that to sound insulting. I mean it as, as you know, as a compliment. Um, and so, so anyway, so Mike has stayed in Derry, so he remembers everything. All the other kids who have moved away have, have essentially forgotten everything. Yeah. Like their memories have been wiped. As they come back to Derry to fight it again, their memories come back, so on and so forth. So this one, I think, will be a little bit quicker, um, just because, you know, I, I think it's, it's less... It's it's not as good as the first one, and I think the reason, mainly the reason is, is that it's it's also just not as complex. It's a very surface movie. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. But I want to start with the good first. Here's what I really liked about it and what stood out, and then and then Tim, I'll pass it to you. Again, I like that it's separated out as its own movie. I think uh, something really strong that they do is that they do a much better job than the original of explaining who pennywise is what it is how it came here how it is that they're gonna fight it how it is that they're gonna succeed against fighting it i feel like in the original you know things are just kind of happening the clown is just sort of haunting them as adults then he turns into a giant spider they hit it with an earring and then it's dead and it makes no sense you know this movie really does a great job of giving you his backstory, his origin, a way that you can wrap your head around that they're going to defeat it with this uh, Native American ritual. I mean, it's all very cliche. It's all whatever, but I get it. And that's something that I think the original one hugely, hugely lacked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you know, I'll never forget. I remember the, the original as a kid terrified me. And when he turns into that spider, it just felt very random. And I was like, what is happening right now? And, yeah. and then it didn't scare <laughs> right. me anymore. Right. But this right. time, you know, it, you know, it's a it's an alien. It crashed down. It takes the form of your fears and, and whatever else. And so so all of that made sense. You know, the deadlights, it kind of just explained the whole thing. And I thought yeah. that was brilliant. And what was hugely missing from the original. Another awesome thing, the casting again, 
out of the park. They brought in Jessica Chastain to take over the Bev character. Bill Hader as Richie. You couldn't have yes. done better. You know, again, the casting was amazing. They did a great job. I thought another really cool element that, if it's part of the original, I don't really remember it, and it didn't stand out. It's This is a pro and a con for this movie, but we'll focus on the pro before we shift over to the cons, which is the whole um, the seeking of their tokens mm-hmm. for yeah. the ritual. I yeah. thought that was a really cool element, and it really, my favorite part, gave us the 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 backstory and the real fear because like you were saying richie's whole thing is clowns turns out that the real issue with him is that he's homosexual and and struggling with you know living in a town that would not be accepting which is clearly shown in the opening scenes of it chapter two it was not obvious to me at first why that opening sequence was what it was i was like this is so random i I was kind of mad about it i was like oh this is this feels gratuitous maybe i i I don't know it felt forced and it felt like we want to make a statement for the sake it felt like a disservice you know what i mean and so but then we come to find out later yeah it makes perfect sense right and it it, in retrospect when that moment happens and you think back to the first one where the i think they even question him or like what are you afraid of and he's like well clowns and right it's such an easy answer like that was kind of weak man but his might end up being one of the scariest fears of all right because like his isn't even borne out in any sort of way it is just it is completely buried inside of him so what the only thing that bothers me about this of his storyline is that he never really comes out and says it and comes out to his friends yeah there's never that moment when they're all burning their tokens and that kind of stuff, there was there wasn't the payoff moment of acceptance yeah. and right. and love and that kind of thing, which again would have been textbook cliche, call it whatever you will, but I I missed it when I didn't get it. You know, I mean, I I, I there was sort of a throwaway part too where um, after, as they're leaving the 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 buffet, um, the Chinese buffet, and he has that moment with the kid where he curses the kid out. Um, <laughs> And they're like, dude, you don't even remember a line from your own stuff. And he's like, I don't write my own material. It's like he is not even himself in his right. career. Right. Like he right. he has somebody he is somebody else or has somebody else be him. Right. Yes. So I don't think maybe until he has that breakdown at the end, has he ever been vulnerable or been himself at at any point? He hides behind his mouth and his his wit. <laughs> and his sharp tongue and that is the first moment where i really feel like he is anything other so i think one of my issues and this could very well stem from watching it so close together it took me a while to care about the adult characters i really i liked all the kids the kids were really likable um and somebody actually said this recently in something else i was listening to um about when actors get replaced on sitcoms or something like that you have that like imposter syndrome like uh i think fresh prince it's like you're not aunt viv like you know it takes you a while to um somebody said it in the context of christopher nolan batman series where katie holmes was replaced by maggie gyllenhaal that they're like the best thing they did was kill her in in the second one right and he says like when she died you're supposed to really care about it but katie holmes was that character and so i didn't care when maggie gyllenhaal died is is what what the commentator said i mean i was actually glad 
Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so that that took me a while with the the casting where I was like ah, I I cared about the kids. I did, like and so I had to warm up to the new characters. I liked I liked Bill, older Bill, I think worked really well. Bill yeah. Hader I think was great. Although I worried that there were that some of the comedic elements there were more like outwardly comedic points in the second chapter that i felt might have been forced just because of his casting and i worried about that especially in the end yeah like um, he's making jokes when people are dying and i was like yeah "Mm." and i was kind of like uh is that just because of who he who you cast and like you could have just ignored that like and i think he would have been fine or do you just feel like you were wasting him in that role my favorite adult casting again i think was eddie i think the adult version of eddie was amazing and hilarious ransom Um, ransom yeah 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 yeah. and but the one that bothered me the most was ben and i don't know if that's because of the story writing or what i loved he was my favorite character in part one i loved him i thought he was great yeah and i just there was nothing about him in part two that i liked i just didn't i wasn't rooting for him the way i was in the first part when it cut away and they showed he was like the billionaire and i and then if that's in the original story, I just, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it just, it lost me uh, with him. And I was just kind of like, he was sort of forgettable in, in mean, the second was, part. In the original, he was definitely successful. He had money, but I don't remember it being like he had his own yacht, but. And he was like ripped. Yeah. And it was John, and it was John Ritter in, yeah, in the original. Right. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, but right. so, uh, but this guy, I think, I think for number one, he was he was the face I just didn't recognize. Like I yeah, just didn't recognize. Yeah. He also was one of the faces who looked absolutely nothing like his child character. Yeah. Where James McAvoy as Bill, he didn't look like the kid who played Bill, but he made up for it with how he acted, and and yeah. he really embodied the character that that kid brought in the first one. Yep. I thought Bill Hader looked a lot like a grown up Finn. Yeah. I thought that, especially the guy who played Stanley, I thought he, the kid genuinely grew up. You yeah, know? right. And then, right. and Eddie too. And again, and if it even, and if it wasn't the looks, it was it was the mannerisms and everything else. I feel that Ben so is so drastically different as an adult, and he tried. He tried really hard to be that lovable fat kid. Yeah, but right. That's a huge transformation to try to sell. I think the other thing is there was something about him that just looked fake. His like yeah. his goatee didn't look quite right, or his hair didn't like like just genuinely physically something looked fake on him, right. and and so I I couldn't agree more. He was the one that really stood out to me as sort of the oddball out. I do think uh, uh you know to sort of speak more to sort of what they did wrong, um the original one you know was like pushing four hours you know right. it was like three and change. The s- chapter two alone is almost three hours long. Yeah, and it felt long i remember at one point pausing it to like go to the bathroom or something i was like i mean this has got to be almost over and there was like an hour and 40 minutes left i mean the third act alone was pushing 60 70 minutes it was so long and so much of that is they're going to find their tokens and we essentially have to watch these little mini films of what we already saw in chapter one the exception to that is Richie, but again it was frustratingly long and and towards the end what ended up being one of my favorite elements of the of chapter two which is this whole token thing also somehow ended up being 
the thing I hated the most because mm-hmm. ex- it was executed poorly. And, yeah. uh, you know, I thought the, the idea was great and, and sort of keeping us, I think it reinvests you. I think it was trying to reinvest you in the adult characters. I yeah. totally understand what you're saying. That bothered me a lot less. It, it bothers me less when I'm watching character who grew into an adult. And yeah. in a short because my brain can understand that. It's like, all right, the kid is not 42. So right. this is supposed to be that guy. As long as as long as they can pull it off, like many of them did. Um, yep. But I think the ones that who who stood out were for that obvious reason that it was just like you're not kid Ben, you know. And yeah, in many ways you're not. So I think it was an effort to try to get you in and be like, oh, remember, remember, but right. you had, and again, you had just seen it. Right, right. So you're like, why am I watching this again? Whereas if a year had passed, may- maybe it bothers me less. Maybe it bothers you right. less. Where it's like, yeah. oh, thanks for the reminder. Oh yeah, you know that's yeah. what happened. With exactly. That yeah, um, I kept trying. To, I kept trying to put that in my mind of like, okay, if I had saw this in the theater a year apart or whatever it was, right? Um, would would I picked up on a lot of that? Because I I think when Bill finds his when he walks into that, that he finds his token is his bike. It was like, duh. I was right, like, I right. knew when they were like, Oh, we got to go find, I was like, all right, he's going to go find his bike. Like that's obvious. Like, and I know there's a subset of movie people who, well, his hate. token was in his bike. Oh, it ended up being it was in, the yeah, boat. It, it ended up being the boat, but yeah. like, so the, the bike thing seemed really obvious. Um, and so I don't know that if that could have been cut. I, I don't know because there's a, like, again, like I was saying, there's a subset of movie people who hate the director cameo, right? Or or the writer cameo. Loved it. I loved I thought, it. I thought Stephen King was hilarious. I thought it was amazing. Well, um, what was so funny about it is he's talking about him. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> right. about Stephen King right to right. his face, and we're right. saying you write amazing stories and your endings suck, and right. and and especially the ending to it. Right. Yeah. It was it, it it was I loved it. I thought it was hilarious, but there are parts in this movie that just go bonkers. And I think I texted yeah. you in the middle of it and I was just like that was right after the whole like naked late naked old lady dancing in the background. Oh my god. Which was Did like Did you see when she got gigantic? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's... nothing nothing beats giant Paul Bunyan. No. That no. was the worst thing I've ever Although those those old lady <laughs> boobs swinging everywhere I like mean, that was pretty good. I mean it, but it was like just those parts didn't exist in the first one. Like as crazy as things right. were, there were just batshit parts of the second part that were in those like reiterating parts, right? So it was almost like, all right, we had to do this again, but we got to do it bigger. Yes. And it just it just added runtime to it in a way that when it finally got to that third act, you were just like, come on, come on. And then he doesn't die and he doesn't die and then and then how he here was the sweet irony of it is and not to jump ahead or cut you off i apologize but like then how it ends sucks yeah because they could have done that from the beginning like it was just not be afraid of it but that's what i didn't understand they were like it has to obey the laws of what it of the form it inhabits so it's a clown so you tell him that he's not scary, then he becomes the shrivelly thing. But here's the thing: then he somehow scares you. <laughs> that was the, that was the other part. They're like, you know, you're not scary. You're not scary. You're just a clown. You're a clown. You're. A... They essentially become bullies, and right. then he becomes this little blob. And then all of a sudden, he's like, Rah! and then, <laughs> and Mike is like, ah, 
Like, why wouldn't he become instantly huge again? He's like, right. uh, clearly I'm still scary. You're afraid right. of me. The ending was so... <laughs> it was so soft. Like, yeah. the Native American ritual ended up being a non-issue. I thought the ending sucked. Uh, I didn't think it was as bad as the original. But it was still it was still quite bad. And, uh, well, and Penny Pennywise as the spider thing right. wasn't terrifying to me. So like, that was I the don't... other thing. I, I, you couldn't have said it better. You said it was the it was like taking the stuff from the first one and making it bigger. That is literally what they did. Yeah. It was the exact same scares. It was the exact same stuff. They just made it bigger. But they didn't even do that well. The mm-hmm. stuff looked fake it looked yeah. like a video game when yeah. paul bunyan becomes huge he right. looks like a cartoon you know and the the old lady and she's huge and pennywise is a spider and he's just big but none of it looks creepy nothing looks scary it looks incredibly fake there's and i think the one moment that i was re- really referring to with the, the comedic stuff earlier was the the door part again right the door that gags. part did make me laugh and it was just like they they lingered on that damn dog for so long that oh, yeah. you're like, well, obviously this dog is going to do something horrifying. And then it was just and it, it looked like a cartoon. Yeah, it was just like something out of Scooby Doo. Right? So here's like, the thing. <laughs> At that point, I had already embraced that the movie was not that good. Yeah. And and so at that point, I was just trying to enjoy like the part that killed that part made me laugh. The other part that really made me laugh is when Bill Hader is trying to psych up Eddie and he's like, who killed the clown the first time? He's like, I right. did. Who did this? I did. He's like, who married a woman 10 times his body mass? Right. He's like, I did. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I thought that, I mean, that made me straight up laugh out loud. And the part when they walk into the house and he's like, what Richie said the first time we were here. And he was like, yes. uh, that be happy we're not measuring dicks and he's like no 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 the other thing like like, sex with eddie's mom no right (laughs) kill this fucking clown (laughs) yeah that's it it's like uh, okay and then he gets all serious and he says it it was so good i mean but Um, again yes those parts are funny but but at that point you've been you've you've already been watching part two for six days and and so at that point you're just kind of like yeah let's do it I will say Richie's death actually really bothered me. I was really kind of sad about that. Oh, do you um, mean Eddie? Or Eddie. I mean, Eddie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously that bothers Richie. Like, because apparently he has a crush on him, which we find out when he's, you know, that part bothers um, me. Um, but it, his death really, really bothered me more than I thought. Maybe it's just because I really, he was my favorite character in the second part, but well, he um, does die in the original. Like he yeah. sacrifices himself. Yeah. But and I, like, I knew those were coming and right. I just, I still bothers me. <laughs> so what did bother me is that he dies. The way he dies feels very passive and it feels, yeah. you know, he gets kind of stabbed in the back while he's celebrating. Like, I feel like he wouldn't have necessarily done that. He would have still yeah. been terrified and in the moment because you've already killed him once and he's come back. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get caught twice. But in the original, if I remember right, he, like, basically sacrifices himself to get picked up and give them the chance to kill him. And he ends up dying as a result. And that feels very active. And and so I was okay. It felt like a good death, right? Like, the way it's like, I want to die in combat, whatever, right? Right, right. And so, so I agree. I felt like his death here felt like it had very little purpose. And therefore, it just 
felt sad. I do think so. Here's what bothered me about the fact that Richie's in love with Eddie. Um, I love that he's in love with one of his friends. I love, you know, that the little that he they show him carving his initial in, and they don't show you the other initial until the end. Yeah, uh, which ends up being the E. What bothers me is why is it Eddie and not Stanley? Because uh. in the original, or not in the original, but in chapter one, so and, and I get it. I, I can see it both ways. He makes fun of him. He says he's gonna have sex with his mom. All this kind of stuff. Like we, you know, it's the classic. You know, you throw the rock at the at the girl you like. You know what I'm saying? Right, when right, you're in right. Second right. grade. Yeah. Um. So I understand that, but they really set it up. There's a scene where when they're adults and they're in the clubhouse. And they're like, oh, that's just like Stanley. He's and then Richie's the one who gets serious, and he's like, he's the best. In the original, he goes to his um, bar mitzvah and listens to a speech. In the second, in chapter two, they show that speech and show yeah. that Stanley goes off the rails, and you know, and Finn's like, watch or not Finn? Well, it is Finn, but it's uh, right. it's Richie is watching it. And is and is really all about it. He's he seems it seems to make the most logical sense that he's in love with Stanley, um, yeah, and, and that it would have hit him the hardest that he's dead and and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. When it ends up switching to Eddie, while I can see it, I just didn't see it as readily, and it feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. I think one of the last things that I thought was kind of clever and was also chuckle inducing um when they go back to the quarry at the end and there is a gate and a sign that now says like no swimming or no diet you know yeah, no, no swimming diving and diving at any, time, or at any yeah. time that is like a microcosm of my childhood because any swimming hole or any hill that we used to go sledding down in like it absolutely has a sign like that now it says like no sledding at any time like anything we used to do back at that point in time is now completely forbid like anywhere so that that part i thought was really really funny about how they go back to their their old swimming ground and now there's a sign in a gate that says no swimming at any time i was like because yeah. of, of course it does so, like that's just that's how it goes the part about it i liked was kind of we talked about it a little bit earlier right they have all these wounds and all this stuff and they're falling <laughs> in the gray water and and when they're in there, they're like, oh, man, you know, Eddie would have hated this. And he was like, oh, the fact that we're cleaning ourselves in dirty water. Right. And it's like, now that's coming to mind? Like, you right. were just in poop. Like, you were literally in poop. <laughs> I will say I also had a hard time. I kept actually, for some reason, even though I know how it, it goes, I kept w- sort of expecting Eddie to show up, like, and just yeah. magically be okay. I don't right. know why, because that was never going to happen but i just had this feeling like it could happen and i don't i don't know where that comes from maybe it's because i've watched too many supernatural shows where people just don't die (laughs) but it just it just felt like if that had happened i would have been like yeah okay sure of course he did like that's cool yeah i can totally see that (laughs) so yeah i mean for me i think again i think both of them together are far better than the original yeah. I think both of them are worth watching. I think you need to watch the second one just to get the, you know, the, just to complete the story yeah. and, and feel like you've gotten everything. Um, you know, so uh, it's obviously, I, I would say they're worth, they're both worth watching. I think yeah, sure. chapter one is, it's in another league. Like yeah. they're not even playing the same sport. And chapter two, there are flashbacks, right? And sure. that was something that the 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 original one kind of relied on, because that was more intertwined, right? Like yes. to a degree. You're almost um, like you essentially get the backstory 
as they're adults. You get right. it in flashbacks. So the the chapter two starts to play that out, and I really want to delve into when the chapter two flashbacks were filmed because there were parts of them that felt odd to me and i couldn't quite figure out why at parts it almost felt like the kids were trying to remember how they played those kids and like movie producing in me wants to believe that they filmed all those parts at the same time when they no, knew it was yeah. going to be two part they definitely but it didn't d- it didn't feel that way nope. like even just slight appearance wise and something about finn wolfhard's voice felt yeah no they were they were they were older they were obviously older and like i don't know i know he went through a major growth spurt in the middle of uh stranger things so i don't know if they they had to dub his voice because his voice changed but there were definitely parts that felt incongruous to the to the the chapter one just enough to kind of tweak and just irk me a little bit again not not something that you can dwell on and get over it but um when you're high when you're relying on that and again maybe if i saw it a year apart it wouldn't bother me but back to back you're like "Eh, well you know and i feel like we've seen movies you know we've seen movies do a good job where you know you're going to make a series you know there's going to be a couple you film it all at the same time lord of the rings did it and and all these other things right where you're just like we're going to shoot for a year and a half we're going to do all three of them and we're done yeah um And we're going to release them over six years, you know? And so, you know, you had to have known that you were making chapter two. You absolutely should have shot. I mean, and maybe they did. I would be shocked to hear that they did because I couldn't agree more. It felt like they filmed chapter two. They, they told, okay, James, get out of the shot. Let's bring in the kid. Well, like even the scene where James is confronting the young bill, James McAvoy is confronting young bill he doesn't look the same. Georgie no. looks significantly older. Yeah, in chapter one, looks, he's like a he baby. Looks, yeah. And now he looks a moment, like a young kid. Yeah. There's a moment in chapter one where I was like, oh, is that the kid from Lock and Key? Yeah, it could really well. And I, it was more about his voice that keyed me into it. Yeah. In chapter two, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Bodie Lock. Like, I mean, it goes like from Georgie in particular. He looks like he's four years old in chapter yeah. one. And then in yeah. cha- he looks like he's like 12. Yeah, it's right. it's it's a marked difference. So yeah. you know, so they obviously filmed them later, and and it does it, it sort of pulls you away from the story. And I think it probably did you more a disservice in the sense of the having a hard time with um, accepting the adult characters. Yeah, because it just didn't feel right. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Well, so totally. So it chapters one and two. There you go. I mean, as far as for me. Uh, you know, I did already say it. I highly recommend, especially yeah, sure. the first one. I do recommend the second one. Just you know, you kind of need to see it. But for me, it was it was a it was a it was definitely the weaker of the two yes. by a lot. Do you, Tim? Your thoughts? Do you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Frank, you were a little surprised when I came at you with with these two suggestions, just because of my hate for clowns. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I thought of all the movies we've been talking about watching, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, well, maybe we'll do Knives Out or maybe we'll do, and you're just like, yeah, I think we should do It Chapters 1 and 2. I was like, my man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, You know, it just, it felt a little, I don't want to say challenging, but uh, it just, I felt motivated. Um, and I think it really just cements for me that like clowns, when they are meant to be scary, don't scare me it is clowns when they are supposed to be normal that 
I think that's, that's got to be what gets most people, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why my wife wouldn't watch it with me. She was like, she's like, no, because scary clowns are scary. I don't need scary clowns. <laughs> and for you, like the original campiness, like I just never got past the fact that it was Tim Curry, right? Like it right. was, it's, oh, it's lovable Tim Curry. And that never bothered me as much as it probably should. You take me to a birthday and a clown walks in, forget it, game over. I know, I know. I feel like they could have, we've seen a lot of movies recently that have been kind of heavy handed. I think if I think back to like The Force Awakens, like there are just heavy You mean with the callbacks? Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like they could have gone that route with, with callbacks like that. And I think the only thing I sort of noticed is I felt there was a part in chapter one when Pennywise is like disintegrating and falling down the well where his he was sort of melting and losing his face shape and his hair kind of had gone away he for a moment there kind of looked like the tim curry it there was just a moment there where you're like oh oh what is that but that was it It was fleeting and i don't know if that was just me reading too much into it but i feel like you know they could have they could have gone that heavy-handed route and it just would have been a disservice i think to it no yeah absolutely agree absolutely i do think they played the the homage as well yeah yeah cool man so recommended yeah absolutely i i definitely i it's definitely worth doing maybe space it out a little bit more <laughs> yeah, yeah. like maybe a year apart yeah um, <laughs> at least but, a day uh, yeah i i definitely think i would revisit the first part again i i think it's just easier to get into there's just stuff in the second one where you just you struggle to get that momentum and when that momentum finally picks up it just goes on way too long yeah, no, it chapter one. I've seen it twice now. Um, it's creeped me out both times. It's great. It chapter two. I've seen once. I probably wouldn't watch it again uh, unless unless I'm just in like that place of like ah, oh, I just I want to see you know. Yeah. I want to put them together or what whatever yeah. you know or yep. or if I'm with friends, but I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't not watch it. Which is, anyways, again, I I think if you're watching it for the first time, you're gonna watch both of them. You're yeah. not gonna be upset you did, but I think you're gonna agree. Um, yeah. that chapter one was better if you've seen them before or you haven't seen one or the other you know take it take it for what you will but um yeah man no i enjoyed it it's a good pick tim yeah it yep. was fun yeah fun, awesome. a fun I way to it. decompress from from the whole coronavirus stuff yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just don't let a leper throw up on you yeah <laughs> all right guys well this was uh this was our first episode in our quarantine cast i don't know i gotta be careful that's probably a podcast title or something now <laughs> Um, you know, but you know, ideally I'm going to be coming at you once a week, Tim, man. Hopefully you'll be able to join as much as you can. Yep. I'm on board. Awesome. You, and you know uh, where I am. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> that's right. Um, so we'll be coming at you, you know, weekly with, uh, with a new movie or a show or something that you can binge and kind of take your mind off all this craziness. And if nothing else, man, we're just going to sit here and talk movies and, uh, yeah. and just be ridiculous. Sounds all right, Tim, I appreciate it, man. No, thank you. All awesome. Right. Have a good one. And uh, yeah. all you guys out there, make sure you listen. Tell your friends. Tell your mothers. Tell your fathers. Tell your kids. Well, don't tell your kids. They shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> At least not yet. Uh, and as always, I'm your boy Frank signing off. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.